after last night, everyone's thinking about the Oscars. This but is before really that, the whole weekend weekend was about Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of the Foo Fighters, found dead in his hotel room in uh, Columbia, uh, where the band was supposed to play a concert. He lit up every room he ever walked into. He was so joyous and, and full of light and love and all the things that you that you want in a human being. I have such fond memories. Some close friends revealed the final message they received from the late Foo Fighters drummer. Just a few months before Taylor Hawkins' death, actor John Stamos had lost a good friend with the death of his full house co-star Bob Saget. Stamos shared his final message from Hawkins by posting it on Twitter. This was Taylor Hawkins' last text to me. Yeah, we've yet to fully have a hang. Got to put that shit together before we die. Wise words from my friend. Put that shit together. I'm so f***ing sad. Another one gone too soon. A report from investigators was released which indicated that Hawkins' heart was twice the size of those typically found in men's age. Typical male hearts weigh between 300 and 350 grams, whereas Hawkins was found to weigh 600 grams. The report noted that Hawkins had suffered from a cardiovascular collapse. So do you want to take another story here? You got you got something to share here? Kind of some tragic news for music fans. Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters. South America, they were down there doing something. I don't know if they're on tour or if they were just doing an exclusive show down there. He was 50. 50? Yep. They're oh. saying like 10 different drugs. And he was a drummer, which um, we're going off some gamatria here. Drummers never die. What are you talking about? It's always the drummer. It's like that fucking uh, Spinal Tap joke. Your first drummer was... Uh, the Peeper. John Stumpy Peeps. He, he died in a bizarre gardening accident. And he was replaced by... Uh, Stumpy Joe. Eric Stumpy Eric Joe. Child Childs. And Eric. what happened to Stumpy Joe? The, the official explanation was he choked on vomit. It was actually someone else's vomit. Not. Stumpy's replacement, Peter James Bond, he also died in mysterious circumstances. Uh, he exploded on stage. Drummer equals uh, 38 and 97. Murder equals 38 and 79. Reverse there. Death equals 38 and 97. Killing equals 38. RIP equals 38. And this news comes shortly after the Foo Fighters joined the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, I guess they had to pay for it, huh? Do you want the mouse here? Um, he's dead 28 years after the establishment of the band. And uh, Taylor, uh, his his name, equals 28. Kill equals 28. Seattle equals 28. And, Rat and, and also 107. And Ritual Sacrifice equals 107. He's also dead 28 days after the release of Studio 666. Which we're going to watch the trailer here. Oh, nice. You know where they filmed this? We'll, get, we'll get into it. Oh boy, I'm afraid. Um, let's see here. I'll, we'll just see if there's any other things here. Been a while since you've been pulling up Zach. I've been missing yeah, it. I know, right? Zachary! So he's dead 146 days after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. 
um, which was in Colombia, and Colombia equals 146, and Jesus Christ equals 146. Yeah, so there's some interesting dates there, and at least 10, 10 substances, and he's dead 10 weeks after Dave Grohl's Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl's birthday. How many? Uh, he's dead 10 weeks after his birthday. And you have at least 10 different substances. Yeah, they're also counting like marijuana and some prescription pills he was on. Oh. So let's just get this out of the way because it's going to be for, for the conspiracy people out there what they're screaming at the top of their lungs. But this guy's anti-vax. He did a, I want to say eight or nine years ago, he did a autism awareness concert with some other musicians. And you all who are into the music scene probably remember that the Foo Fighters were leading the charge of getting people vaccinated. They were the first ones to like demand it for their shows. And oh, wow. the, everybody that goes to their shows has the passport. Even though the drummer was... Well, he got it. And he got his booster not long before he died. I'm not saying causation and correlation. All I'm saying is that people are going to be talking about that. So yeah. we, could, we do got to mention it. I think there's other angles that are more intriguing. And you know I always go into the Laurel Canyon shit. So there's a mansion in Laurel Canyon. Yeah, it's just called the Mansion Recording Studio, formerly owned by music producer Rick Rubin. So the Red Hot Chili Peppers recorded an album in there. I'm pretty sure every fucking member of that band was freaked out, and they were like, they'd never want to go back there. Uh, said that there was some weird paranormal shit going on. So Dave Grohl decides that they should make a fucking movie in the studio, and the, the synopsis of the movie, I think it's been, you said it's been out for 28 days by the time he died. Or the, um, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, so he died the day before the Oscars, which is kind of why his death has been pretty much overshadowed in the pop culture scene because of the fucking... Will Smith event, but they go to this mansion in the movie and Dave Grohl finds, fake Dave Grohl, fictional Dave Grohl, finds a relic, a demonic, satanic relic in the basement and makes a, what is it called? A Faustian bargain where you sell your soul. Oh. So, and this sounds a lot like t like some Tenacious D shit. Right. And he plays the devil in the Tenacious D music video and movie. So anyway... In the movie, he, he, he systematically wipes out every single member of the band. And then in the end, he's got like a spoiler alert. <laughs> and in the end, he's got a very successful solo career. But there's a scene in the movie where he throws a cymbal and decapitates Taylor Hawkins. Let's watch wow. the trailer. Okay, I also want to say that uh, Marilyn Manson said, quote, when you say God, I say, say 10. Like the, the number 10? Yeah. End quote. What's that relating to? Uh, say 10. Yeah, but... 10, he had at least 10 substances. Say 10 equals 10, and God equals 10 in Gematria. Where so, is this quote coming from? Oh, well, uh, Marilyn Manson's song is literally called Say 10. So that was just lyrics. Yeah, the song is called Say 10. Devil's got a cut like a slit in the cattle's calf, dollar sign snakes. I'm all in 
the damned. And the chorus is, you say God, I say, say ten. You say God, I say, say ten. Say, say, say ten. So, yeah. Just a little interesting, huh? phonetic play on words there. Right, and they come out with a movie, Studio 666. Foo Fighters, you gotta get me a record. It's our 10th album. We gotta break the mold on this one. The 10th album? Let's go somewhere we've never been. This place is amazing. Do you guys get this overwhelming sense of death? Whoa. Doesn't really seem like the right fit. Whoa, that's rad. That was weird. The sound of this house is the sound of album 10. All right, all right, you guys. Amps, living room. Let me apologize in advance for all the rock we're about to make. Got a couple of ideas I've been working on. i lay them on you. <laughs> Dude, wait, 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 wait. It's called Everlong, and you wrote it about 20 years ago. How you feeling? Everything okay? Ever since we moved into this house, my mind is flooded. We all have writer's block. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. But it allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. Oh my god! Dude has got one flew over the cuckoo's nest crazy. This place, man. Let's finish the track. Can we just wait, dude? Play the drums. You found a new musical note? Hell yes, I did. It's an L. Any chefs in the grill? I'm pretty handy on the grill. Yeah, you like your meat charred and dry. Ah! He does make a killer barbecue. What do we do? We go save his ass. Is the album almost done? Yeah, it's killer. Here you go, man. Finish the song. You did. Wow. I feel like fucking he's channeling Jack was Black. Slaying theaters, February twenty fifth. And what day did he die on? Uh, fucking March twenty fifth. Yeah. Jeez. And the reason that's twenty eight days later is because February only has twenty eight days in it. Oh my goodness. Full fucking true month. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I heard this two years ago from somebody I follow, and apparently, it's not that new of a theory that. Kurt Cobain was Dave Grohl's sacrifice that he's just sitting on the drums back in the day wanting to be the front man and that if somebody killed Cobain other than Cobain it wasn't Courtney Love it was Dave Grohl because his career took off man if you would have told me 20 years ago that Foo Fighters would be one of the biggest rock bands in the world in 2022 right I wouldn't have believed it not saying I don't like the Foo Fighters they're hit and miss with me I think Dave Grohl is probably one of the best musicians of our era He's my favorite drummer of modern drummers, and he's uh, he can sing. I mean, he's kind of one of those perfectionists. He rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I've had like I've had some thoughts about him. I do feel bad for him right now. If he didn't actually <laughs> like, if he's not involved in some satanic shit, and it's funny too because the band was always like 
Foo Fighters, that's UFO German stuff. And he's never really been into the Satan shit other than with Tenacious D as like kind of jokey stuff. But I think Taylor himself had a spin-off metal band that was like Birds of Satan or some shit. And they had some weird stuff around Satan just starting to happen recently. And now this guy's dead. So I thought that was worth looking into a little bit. That is very interesting. I don't know what to do with all that. It makes me want to look into it some more, that's for sure. And uh, I can see that your your wheels are turning with, with all these numbers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just music industry is always very interesting how the... I mean, this movie and their music is now going to just go through the roof and everyone else is going to benefit. Everybody but Taylor. Yep. It's funny how fast the toxicology report came off. I mean, we're talking within like 24 hours, they're saying all these drugs are in his system. Right. I mean, of course, like I said, a lot of people are blaming the vax for this. Does it have anything about that in there at all? Update, they're blaming drugs for his, quote, heart attack. Yeah. I don't know. He was complaining of chest pains. And to me, no one will ever really know. Oh. So, uh... I don't know who this is. Maybe I would. Alanis. Uh, oh, he Morris. was he was Alanis Morissette's drummer. Yeah, on the Jagged Little Pill tour, and she's she died in uh, what? Or sorry, I'm sorry. Date of birth. I'm reading. I was going to say fucking Alanis is dead. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was about so, to start crying. Uh, so she's 47. Um, and Beast equals 47. Rock equals 47. Columbia equals 47. Um. She's 47? Yeah. Maybe I have a shot. Interesting stuff there. The film is based on the recording of the album Medicine at Midnight. Medicine at Midnight equals 95. It's the 10th studio album. So they really did record there? Yep. Because they weren't the first. Definitely Red Hot Chili Peppers recorded an album there. I mean, it was a studio back in the day, but it's supposedly haunted. Um. So that February 5th, 2021. Three singles were released before the album. Shame, Shame, No Son of Mine, and Waiting on a War in January 2021. Waiting waiting on a War? Waiting on a War. I remember when that song came out. I do not. That's crazy. One year before the war. Exactly. I mean, January 2021, and shit started happening the end of January, February. February. I mean, there was like bubbling. Yeah, but it would be interesting to the know. The flat-out invasion was February twenty-fourth, I think. So, and then uh, Oliver Taylor Hawkins. Oh, his, his full name. His real name's Oliver. I guess so. Yeah. Man, so, he could have been the first badass drummer named Oliver. His name also equals ninety-five, like Medicine at Midnight. Six hundred and sixty-six spelled out equals ninety-five, and so does the Barbarian Illuminati. He's dead 59 weeks after the release of that album and 44 weeks after the start of the Ignatian year. 59 appears at the 44th digits of of pi. Kill equals 44 and 59. Um, He's also dead 413 days after its release. And Medicine at Midnight equals 413. Ooh. That's some wild stuff, man. Rest in peace, Taylor. Yeah, one of the many, many drummers to fall at the hand of rock and roll infamy. 
so that the Studio 666 was released by a film company called Open Road Films. When you add LLC to the end of it, like it is on Wikipedia, Open Road Films LLC has some interesting gematria that equal the number of the beast. And the album's release was February 5th, 2021. Yeah. I wonder if there's any hits on it. I haven't heard any of it. You you said you heard one of them. Well, one of the singles that was released we, before they dropped the, the album. The war one. Yeah. Interesting stuff. What's next? All right. So uh, this gentleman. Hey, it's my, it's my baby Pelosi. He is getting some pushback for an interview that he did and Ooh. also for other stuff. So this guy is, uh, is Madison Cawthorn. He did this interview on a... Uh, channel that i watch pretty often he's a congressman he's only been in there for like two years or something he like looks that. like a baby boy he's pretty young so this is a 24 minute clip but we're not going to watch the whole thing just a couple minutes in the beginning so that you can kind of get a feel for uh kind of his position so to speak all right what's happening folks welcome back today i have a special guest congressman madison cawthorn great second amendment advocate really really like this guy he is the youngest elected congressman 26 years old uh, in modern history. And so, Madison, thanks so much for being with us. John, great to be with you. you know, I followed the Warrior Poets Society for about five years, so it's a, it's a real honor to be here. So, now that you've been in Congress for how long? I've been there, this is my, I'm going on my second year. So, long enough that you kind of have the lay of the land, right? I know where the bathrooms are at this point. Fantastic. To me, as an onlooker, I hate politics. I really dislike politicians. Uh, you're okay-ish. Right? That's a really, uh, so, that, that's a high bar. A lot of these people are all big fish in a little pond where they come from. They're all very important. Now, they now have the name honorable in front of them. They've got bulletproof glass, velvet ropes, security everywhere they go. And then they get to Washington and they're no longer the big fish in a little pond. They're just a fish in a very large ocean and everyone's a big fish. A few years ago, my wife and I started watching a disgusting show and we ended up giving up on it after a while, but it was an interesting study for us was revealing it was a, a show called house of cards i heard a former president that we had in the 90s was asked the question about this and he gave an answer that i thought was so true and he said the only thing that's not accurate in that show is that you could never get a piece of legislation about uh about education passed that quickly and that's, everything else is good aside <laughs> from that i mean the sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, I mean, it, being kind of a young guy in Washington with the average age of probably 60 or 70, and I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, I, you know, I've looked up to through my life, I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes, you should come. And I'm like, yeah. uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And then there's also kind of the whole espionage aspect of what goes on in Washington of, you know, so many people trade in secrets and there, there's a currency to secrets. And yeah. so there's members of, the, of the, the media, the journalists who kind of will keep nasty stories about you or about other people on a shelf. And then if you're about to kind of speak out against something they don't want you to, they'll come out and say, well, we're about to drop the story of when, you know, 17 years ago you did X, Y, and Z. And you don't want us to drop that story, do you? So we're, we're going to bully you back into this position. Practically, let's say that all of a sudden I was going into office. By the way, I have no political aspirations, zero. I am just elected Congress, Senate, whatever. And I get in there and I go through my orientation and I, I have my good values and stuff. And I stand for something like many other before. Uh, how does that slippery slope 
actually get in front of me. Our current president, you know, he's been in public service for 50 years at a certain salary, which is kind of like, it's good, but it's not great. You can't become a lavish multi, multi, multi-millionaire with all these different houses and it, the math doesn't work. Like the battery so, example, that, that was a real example, That's right? a real example, yeah. No, I, right before we added, uh, announced that we were gonna add about 700,000 electric vehicles to our federal fleet, I noticed, because if you go to, uh, I think it's ceowatchlist.org, you can see the trades that publicly traded companies, CEOs, and anybody in the C-suite are making, or all, what all trades members of Congress are making. And so we all kind of monitor that just to see what's going on. And I noticed a lot of people in the majority party were buying stocks that had to do with some kind of battery, some kind of technology for electric vehicles. And then wouldn't you know it, about a month or two later, it was then announced we're adding 700,000 electric vehicles to the fleet. And then all those stock prices just jumped, whether you're investing in lithium mines, whether you're investing in the people who actually manufacture batteries, whether you're investing in directly into companies that make electric cars. We are limited on our ability to have any kind of earned income. You can have passive income, but you can't have any earned income. And so we, you can't sit on a board and get a salary for it or anything like that. Um, but what you can do is you can have your spouse put as chairman of this company. You can have your spouse saying that she's going to be, or he, he or she is going to be a consultant to this firm. And next thing you know, they're getting a paycheck for really not doing anything. Could, uh, could your son? Your son? Oh, oh, yeah. But when you first get to Washington, you, John Lovell just got elected. And don't run for Congress. It's, uh, it's, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to help people so much and to be able to cut through bureaucratic red tape that takes people years to get through and bring life-saving care to these people. It's incredible. But Washington, D.C. is a, a pit of vipers, and I, I am there just for a quick purpose. Most of the people that get elected is the best job they'll ever have. That's why they never want to lose it. Working in Washington is like the worst job in the world. I could be at the mountains of Western North Carolina. I never want to go that close to the Mason-Dixon line in my entire life. Yeah. But so anyways, you get elected, hypothetically. Once you get to Washington, freshman orientation is very enlightening. You learn a lot of the procedures, but it's also made to be very difficult to understand. You get told information, but... It, it's not explained to you in a way where you understand exactly what needs to happen. And so therefore, you start relying heavily on your leadership, the people who are elected, whether it's the Speaker of the House, the Minority Leader, whoever it is. We have a pretty good leadership team in Washington right now for my side of the aisle. And this then starts to consolidate power within the leadership because instead of having, you know, you need 218 members to vote for this, well, this one member might control 70 votes. And so then they can really throw their weight around because not only now they're not just representing 700,000 people, it's, we're talking 7 million, we're talking 70 million. The way that you start to get bought, uh, the way that you start to lose the power over your vote is that you start asking leadership, well, hey, what should I do in this situation? I, I don't really understand what this bill is doing. Can you walk me through this? And then all of a sudden they will tell you, oh, well, yeah, you just want to vote for this. And then your voting record starts going down this trail that you don't know, no longer have popular support of the people to support your campaigns. And so then you're starting to have to rely on these special interest groups, these, uh, these super PACs and these, these organizations who want to see their legislation passed, not, not necessarily because it has to do with your district, but because it helps their business. Now, I'm very fortunate in my position to where, you know, I, I get, you know, probably $5 from 500,000 people a year versus most people who have to rely on that seven or $70,000 check from one individual person. Yeah. And so if I have a normal American who gives me $5 because they believe in something I'm saying and what I'm standing for, they're not going to feel like they have the gumption to show up and say, I need you to do this really backwater vote for me because I gave you $5. Right. And so, but once you start taking these votes that leadership wants you to take, you lose the support of the American people because they're like, oh, you're just another Washingtonite.
And that's what it starts to look like. And that's how you start losing your patriotic fervor. And then you start becoming bought and paid for and desiring to be at a higher level in the swamp. A lot of people want to blame Antifa and AOC and, and, and a lot of these people for the problems we face in our country. I think the problem we face in our country is we have had a conservative movement in this country who has been so dedicated to playing defense. They've been so dedicated to being the party of no, and we're going to fight against everything that you stand for, but we're not really going to offer you any solutions. I think that the, the biggest opposition to the legislative branch from elected members is actually the rhinos, the Republicans in name only. Uh, they're spineless, they're cowardly, and the problem is, is they will run on radically different platforms than the Democrats. But once they get to Washington, they'll vote basically the exact same way. And it, it confuses the American people, makes them lose faith in, the, in, in their government, which people should lose faith in, their, faith in their government right now. But the biggest threat to the American people having a say over what's happening in our government is the bureaucratic class. And these are people who are not elected. These are people like, uh, you know, the, people, the guy who li leads the NIH. Uh, these are the, the bureaucrats who work at all the three-letter agencies of the executive branch, which has become the fourth branch of government. He gets the gist of it. I mean, he seems like a irrational guy that uh, doesn't want big government, and uh, he kind of has a, I mean, he's kind of like a libertarian in that sense, where he wants the federal government to be very minimal. But it's very interesting that he brings up the point about the media having all these stories, because then uh, if you were to just look up this guy's name right now, um, which we'll do He's just... QAnon, right? Uh, well, they are, they're associating him with, with Greenberg. Greenberg? Or Green... What's the freaking Green... Crazy Conspiracy Congress. Oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yes, thank you. Because of this interview? Um, and other things. Well, he's talked yes. about the pedophilia shit recently, right? Well, this... this the orgy stuff. This, this podcast that we just watched was released like a week or two ago. Yeah. So yeah. very recently. But does he talk about that in this interview? Uh-huh. Right at the beginning, he was talking about... But that's all he said? Because, man, uh -huh. when I heard people talking about him, it's it's like he was talking about going to Epstein's Island or something and seeing this uh, stuff. Maybe he's dropped it other places. No, I but... know that he's... Well, I don't know if it's only this interview, but he's all over a propaganda report right now. Well, I think that it's just from there because he's all this stuff is from two days ago, one day ago. So, no, that's what's interesting, though, is he just barely scratched the surface of it. Mm-hmm. And Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene, remember when we were doing our uh, Guidestones episode, she was the one that they put forward to discredit it. Oh, Dan Crenshaw tells Madison Cawthorn to sh put up or shut up. That's uh, Jeremiah's birthday, bro. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Let's just watch this this little three-minute clip. Because oh, I just... I, <coughs> we have to watch... Rachel, yes, we do. It's, we I, do. Is that Rachel Maddow? I, this... That's a joke. This, it's uh, Chris... Chris... Hayes. So uh, I just love it's, uh, how Rachel Maddow's twin brother. The the media wants to then suddenly just show. Oh, this is a Republican only thing. Cocaine orgies. Yeah, I know, right? Let's just like blur all the things together. Sure Republicans are so mad. Talked about Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina, not for the reasons that you watching the show might be. They're not upset that he has been accused of multi by multiple women of sexual harassment, inappropriate behavior, allegations he denies. They're not mad he has suggested armed citizens should topple the U.S. government in a violent revolution, or that he once tweeted out an article comparing Black Lives Matter to Nazis. None of those things seem to get Cawthorn's fellow Republicans upset, because they are accustomed to a certain amount of inexcusable behavior from congressional trolls like Cawthorn and Lauren Boebert of Colorado, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, yada, yada, yada. See, there we go. No, Cawthorn is in trouble for these comments he recently yeah, made on yeah. a right-wing podcast. 
Oh, I could just look at all these and people. This is a right wing podcast. Fuck yeah, it is. Look at Mel Gibson in the background. A lot of them that I, I, you know, I've looked up to through my life. I've always paid attention to politics, guys. That you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to like, well, hey, we're gonna have kind of a, a, a sexual get together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what, what? What did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. There's so much you could say about that. I really like the doll with the blue hair right behind his shoulder there. Now, I have no idea if those statements are true or not. Uh, the closest we have to anything like it at all is public reporting in the Daily Beast last May that two witnesses allegedly saw Congressman Matt Gates of Florida using cocaine at a party after a 2019 fundraiser. Gates's office did not return a request from the Daily Beast for comment on that specific allegation. And to be perfectly honest, I don't really care one way or the other. But Cawthorn's fellow Republicans do, and it is telling that these comments, these are the ones that get Congressman Cawthorn in trouble. Republican leader Kevin McCarthy of California reportedly disciplined Cawthorn like a disappointed father, telling the 26-year-old he earned his trust back and claiming that Cawthorn told him he embellished his comments. Cawthorn embellishing? Now, McCarthy spoke out so forcefully because his caucus is demanding it. According to Politico, members of the far-right House Freedom Caucus have reportedly considered kicking Cawthorn out of the group. And Republican Congressman Steve Womack of Arkansas, who is 65 years old, complained he is now fielding questions from constituents about orgies. You can't now, have that point isn't all that surprising. Here's what happened. Cawthorn's allegations on a right-wing podcast of shadowy sex parties got caught up in the QAnon updraft that these folks have been stoking for years, playing right into the Republican base's belief the so-called deep state swamp is full of these depraved degenerates. Hashtag it's still notable Cawthorn is being so swiftly rebuked by McCarthy and others in his party, while, say, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene emerged relatively unscathed after she attended a white nationalist conference with a man who once delivered an extended riff denying the Holocaust. At the very least, we know where the line is. It's at the key bumps. Appearing with Holocaust deniers is fine, but don't go telling people about Republican drug and sex parties. We've got an image to protect. Wow. Talk about narrative so, shaping. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that they take that whole podcast where he's pretty against like all of government. Well, and he's saying that the Republican Party is totally fine with him being into all this fucking insurrection stuff. And right. Uh, but as soon as you mention the Republicans having orgies and doing drugs, they turn on you. So is he, I guess that the one guy that said he sternly disciplined him. Like, are they out? Are they trying to get him out of there now? That's a good question. Who knows? Maybe 11 hours ago. So very recently also. You're going to uh, make me watch Trevor no, Noah? No, I, I won't because it's a long clip. But Trevor Noah did a whole smear piece on him and, you know, basically just pulled out all, all the stops for uh, turning him into uh, another green. Another, yeah. Another Marjorie. And also uh, saying that because he on Instagram visited Hitler's vacation home, and posted on there that he visited the Fuhrer's vacation home uh, because he used the word the Fuhrer mm-hmm. instead of and and did the two little dots on the U that he must be a Hitler supporter because he went and visited his vacation house well, and had a good time. Other than being a gimp, he sure the fuck is Aryan looking. <laughs> Look at those blue eyes. Uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, so you know, so what are you saying? He was in Germany and went and like visited the old home and posted, posted about, about it. it. Yeah. And instead of saying, did oh, he how say Mein Fuhrer? No, he said the Fuhrer. 
And then he goes, I don't even know how you get those two dots above the U. I think you have to buy a special dictionary or a special font. And it's like, the dude could have just Googled it and then copy and pasted it. I don't, I mean, it's just hilarious how they want to, uh, to paint. No, try it. Oh, try what? Try to see if you can find it. Yeah, right there. I mean, Wikipedia freaking has it right here. All you got to do is Dude, copy well, and paste it. Well, we all know that Wikipedia fucking uh, puts the Jews in ovens. Could this guy just be another pawn to placate to, you know? He needs to go on Charlemagne the God's podcast. So he's not just talking to an alt-right guy. Yeah. So Warrior Poet Society, that's the name of this podcast? Yeah. I like how he wore the shirt on the podcast he was on. I know, right? He definitely was. That's like if you go to a fucking Metallica concert wearing a Metallica shirt. (laughs) What's funny is now if you scroll through here, his that interview is nowhere to be found on the first page. No, just the coverage of it. Yep. Because why would you want to watch the whole thing in its proper context? Right. Yeah, I don't see it anywhere here. To me, what he was saying was just like, he was a naive kid who just saw the seedy underbelly of the fucking political monster. Yeah, and, and you know what? He's he probably not say, a great guy either. You know, he didn't like, say let's anything be real too here. edgy. Yeah. He was just like, fuck, I had no idea that House of Cards was more of a documentary than anything. The Warrior Poet Society, it's all about guns, pretty much. I mean, yeah, he is pretty clearly Whoa. not a Biden supporter. I just saw a nuclear explosion. There's supposed to be some other videos with this Madison guy. Um, but they haven't posted them yet. But it's funny watching the, uh, the the comments underneath this compared to the comments underneath the news pieces. You know, just everybody in their echo chambers. As we uh, we're already pre-programmed to do in the simulation is be in our echo chambers, right? So uh, yeah, that's my bit. All right, conspiracy players. I'm announcing my transition into an elderly Asian woman. Stay sane out there, people, and uh, don't take things too seriously because at the end of the day, we ain't getting out of this thing alive one way or another. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sane. Don't forget to get your fifth booster. And uh, tell all your friends about the podcast because we know YouTube isn't sharing our videos. They only shadow ban the pimps. This is where Jeremiah is supposed to fake slap me. (laughs) But we're going to skip that part. Save it for next time. Yep. Peace.